Welcome back to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund. Joined today by Jeremy. Thanks for coming back on the show, man. Glad to be back. Thanks again for having me. No problem. We had an idea of what we were going to do this week. We initially thought, we were like, okay, we're going to cover CM Punk's 434-day WWE title reign. But stuff got in the way today. Stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened today. And that's what we're going to get into. The releases by WWE today. So I think about middle afternoon uh, today, WWE, I see tweets on, I see some tweets and I see some names being dropped for releases. And I'm like, what the heck am I seeing right now? And then and the, and the, the one name that really pops out in this, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, who had been on commentary for the better part of the last year, he's released from WWE. And you know what he was on? He was just on WrestleMania back on sat- last Saturday. He was standing out there with Michael Cole in a poncho during the rain delay. And he is one of the people released from the company. This is just unbelievable to me. It's a cutthroat business, I swear. It, it's, you met, yeah, Samoa Joe, when I was going through that list, that one's the one that hurt and surprised me the most. I mean, Samoa Joe, if you think about, he was still involved with the company heavily. And even before he, he got moved to commentary, he was doing so much. Uh, in the ring and to find out he got cut like that was so surprising yeah because he'd been on com he'd been hurt been dealing with injuries over the last year or so and uh he gets released by the company and he gets the the, the did you if you haven't know if you didn't know already jeremy there was a shift in the commentary team on raw so a guy from that work uh prior he worked on the mlb for the mlb i think mlb network espn adnan verk He's now the play-by-play guy on Monday Night Raw, replacing Tom Phillips, who got bumped over to 205 Live again. And now right. it's it's uh, Burke Graves, who got moved from SmackDown over to Raw, and uh, Byron Saxton all on Raw now. That's the reason why they must have done that. But gosh, like Samoa Joe during his run, he had he ran from what 2015. He was on NXT from 2015 through early 2017. Uh, debuts huge, attacking Rollins, injuring, un, un, unfortunately injuring Rollins' Rollins's knee. Uh, then he ends up, like he like in, when he was in NXT, he, had, he was a two-time NXT champion. And the, the most he did during his run was he was a two-time U, U.S. champion. And honestly, WWE really just missed the ball with him completely. Like that, you. If you remember his run in 2017, he's working with. He's he wins this big fatal like I think it was like a fatal five way Extreme Rules match at 20 uh, Extreme Rules 2017, making Finn Balor Finn Balor pass out to the Kikina Clutch, right. yep. and then they have him challenge Brock at Great Balls of Fire, and have him lose. And honestly, 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 looking back on it now. If anyone should have taken the title off of Brock, it should have been either him or Braun Strowman. Period. Point oh, blank. 
Easily, easily. Everyone was getting sick of – I'm not even going to say getting sick. Most people were probably sick of Bro, uh, Brock Lesnar at that point being basically still a part-timer, being a champion, never defending it. And Samoa Joe was over. He was already carried his uh, uh, indie – I guess you could still call it indie uh, fans, his TNA fans. His was Ring of Honor fans. Like, Ring of Honor, yeah, Ring of Honor fans. Did great in NXT, and like you said, came out really well, despite you know that little uh, incident with Roman, uh, Seth Rollins, and people wanted him to win, and yet they decided to keep it on Brock, which the fans were already sick of. Yeah, and that was early in his reign too. Even that was like a couple months into his reign as champion, and you look at that, and you look at Brock's reign because that reign doesn't end until after WrestleMania that year. That goes on even long. That, I think that got, went on dang near SummerSlam that year. So we had it from March, like what, March, April 2017, all the way through August of 2018, because WWE, and I, it's going to be a recurring theme on this podcast today, It's they choose their guys and don't go with what the fans want. They literally stick with their company guys. They pick the guys they hand pick to win the titles, to, to be the main players in the, in, the, in the WWE. Like, you look at that. Roman Reigns was cold as freaking the poor ice caps at that point. Yep. Like, fans did not want him as champ. And WWE was trying so hard to put on this facade that Roman Reigns is the conquering hero of WWE. And he really wasn't <laughs> at that point. So, and, and Joe, who has every about everything, every freaking intangible you want in a pro wrestler, he's got the mouth, he's got, he can freaking talk. He's one of the most, he's underrated as hell as a talker. You watch some of his promos he's cut. It's it's ridiculous. The one the one before the elimination chamber, I think in 2018, before uh, when Kofi was getting ready to make his big run, or 2019 it might have been. I don't know which I don't remember which one. Might have been 2018. Yeah, it was 20. I think it was 2018 now. Whatever, 2019 I think. But Kofi was getting ready to make that big run, and he cut this promo on everybody in the ring, including without not, not including Daniel Bryan. And he just ripped everybody apart. It was, and it was incredible. It, and it's just, it's just so unfortunate that he got canned here. I just, it just, I don't know. It just hurts. Definitely. Definitely does. And, and he's not the only name being released here from WWE. Uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce as the Iconics. Those two got released as well, along with Samoa Joe. Also released Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Tucker, Kalisto, and Mojo Raleigh. So let's touch on the Iconics here. Th th these two had been partners for the most of their run, it seems like. And they seemed like they got really hot around WrestleMania 35. They won the tag team championships, the women's tag team championships that were just introduced, what, two months prior at Elimination Chamber that year. And uh, you think it's like, all right, they're, they're getting behind these because they're freaking 
Peyton Royce and Billy Kay together were fantastic. They were probably some of the, they had some of the funniest content on, I think it was SmackDown at the time that they were on, but they were so damn funny. So damn funny. And then for some reason now, like when they had their tag title reign, they didn't get any freaking TV time, hardly ever. And you ever never hardly saw them appear on TV there. And then eventually we get to this year, this uh, those a twenty twenty later twenty twenty. They get broken up on a ep- episode of Raw after losing a tag match. What? The I think so. Actually, I think this problem also affects uh, Tucker as well. They if. I guess WWE's idea of if they don't know what to do with the tag team is break them up for no reason. And they don't have any plans to do with them as singles competitors. And then this happens. They disappear and then they get the boot, which is so unfortunate. And you know, that was the crazy thing too. You look at Tucker, you look at Tucker, the case of Tucker here, and he's working with heavy machinery. They're pretty freaking hot. Their last year, they were pretty. They were entertaining tag team. They worked really well together. They have Otis win the Money in the Bank, which was a mistake first and foremost, but because they didn't know any, they didn't have a clue what they were doing with him either. Nope. And he wins it, and then he loses it to Miz at Hell in a Cell, in big part after Tucker attacked him, costing him the match in the Money in the Bank briefcase. But after that, after he does that attack, there was no follow up. No follow up to the Tucker's heel turn. And he pretty much disappeared from TV for the rest of time until he gets released. Like, how do you plant this? How do you try to start this story, plant this seed, and then (laughs) not do anything? And it's not even like WWE is like, has so many tag teams. They don't have enough. (laughs) Right. I mean, don't, the same teams win or at least compete for the uh, tag titles usually all the time. If you want to do something with a tag team, make one a contender, build them up. Don't break them up if you don't know what to do with them. And that goes the same for singles competitors as well. They pick the same people all the time. It's the same people. (laughs) I mean, I understand like, yeah, there's uh, the championship caliber athletes and there's the mid card i understand it and that should be true you like the titles should have a prestige that you have to be the best of the best to compete for it but that can't that doesn't mean people in the mid card can can develop into championship material it's just wwe never takes the time or listens to the people who they believe are championship material they just pick their guys like you said and they do sometimes i'll give them credit i'll give them credit they do sometimes listen on occasion they do listen on occasion drew mcintyre is an example uh kofi kingston's an example but those are rare examples once every few yeah like becky lynch was one they just couldn't deny her either but those like those three and there's so many more that that never happened like never happen. And here's a prime example of WWE's issue with booking the same guys at the top of the card. 
So they have Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, the WWE champion, defends the title against Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania this past weekend, which was a really good match. Really good match. I thought the booking worked. I thought they had the right guy win. But you know what they do on Raw this week? The, the Raw after WrestleMania, you're like, oh, yes, stuff's going to happen. Pretty much nothing happens. Nothing significant happens on the show. And the what oh what they have all these guys come out at the same time. It's Randy Orton, it's Drew McIntyre, it's Braun Strowman, those three, and they have Adam Pierce come out and make it a make a triple threat match for the WWE not for the WWE Championship for the number one contendership to the WWE Championship, and it's Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and Braun Strowman. My issue, so they have Drew McIntyre win it. Drew's already lost to Bobby once. Drew, okay. Drew lost to Bobby once already. Actually, he's lost to he's lost to Bobby twice. Not lost to Bobby twice. He's lost to him once. Okay, I think that's correct. I, whatever. Still, I've already seen the matchup. Drew's mm-hmm. already pretty much gotten his rematch. Okay, we've seen the match once. We've also seen Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman before. And it's not for the WWE title, but it, we've seen it another time but and then also randy orton we've seen him at the top of the card enough times already and then i I love randy orton i love him he's great he's fantastic but i'm at the point where it's like how much more how longer can we keep orton at the top of the card i I, and it's like i and i have no desire to see a bobby lashley randy orton match either so what you know what i did on raw that night I clicked the TV off because I did not care who won because I didn't want, it was none of those guys. And you know who I actually wanted to win that match? I wanted to be in that match and be in contention for the WWE championship. It was the guy who got uh, taken off of commentary. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Go figure, right? Right. I mean, I remember when WrestleMania, like, the Monday night, the Monday night Raw after WrestleMania. That's the reason people liked it so much. We're so excited for it was because that's when WWE started their new storyline, started their new booking. We were excited to see who's gonna who's gonna be in the picture now for the title. But this, it's the same people over and over. And WWE has some of the best wrestlers in the world, and they only use the same four or five every year. And the tag team division's the worst. I swear they don't have, they have the same two or three tag teams work together all the time. I can't tell you how many times I saw the freaking Viking Raiders and street profits last year. I can't tell you how many times I saw the street profits and some combo of angel Garza. And I don't even know if it was buddy Murphy knows Austin theory or somebody like that or Andrade, some combination of those guys. We saw that 800 times last year. And it's like, Oh gosh, it's just head scratching. And let's get into the other releases. Mickey James, completely underutilized as a veteran. Uh, Chelsea Green, she had a tough time because she had to work through a lot of injuries. Um, I, I just looked at my phone. She's already back on ProWrestlingTees.com, by the way, if you want to buy some of her merch. Uh, Bo Dallas, we hadn't seen him in a while. Wesley Blake. He was in that Forgotten Sons team, if you if you knew about that, with uh, Riker and uh, uh, 
Cutler, those three together. They were on SmackDown for a little bit, but then Riker said something on uh, Twitter about Trump that got him that got him knocked off TV. And that's it was certainly interesting in the way that uh, this happened because you know who's the only one working for WWE now? Riker, out of the three. <laughs> I mean, it's probably behind the scenes now, but at least it's just good to hear not everyone's getting the boot. And then Kalisto, who Kalisto, honestly, he has the most decorated run, I think, out of anybody on this list because you look at his accomplishments he won a tag team nxt tag team championship with sincara he's worked for the company for eight years and actually bo dallas he'd worked for the company if counting fcw from 2008 to 2021 bo dallas did Good but, but Kalisto, we won the nxt tag team championship with sincara cruiserweight championship he's a two-time u.s champion and uh his other his highlight moment was uh hitting the sleeve to del soul off off the ladder on one of the ladders at a TLC 2015. That one, uh, OMG, shocking moment of the year at the Slammies. But that guy had, and then he, last couple of years, he's just been with Lucha House Party with Ram Metalik and Lince Dorado, not really doing a whole lot of anything of substance. Mm-mm. And then uh, Mojo Raleigh, he's been in the company since 2012. His biggest moment, honestly, was winning the Andre the, Ma- Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in 27. At 2017 at Mania 33, where he, oops, excuse me, uh, he eliminated Jinder Mahal last after Gronk getting an assist from Gronkowski. Gronkowski, yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's a this the problem WWE has of booking the same people over and over again in the top spot, and there's not enough TV time for these guys. You guys don't make it. You book the same guys on television every single week. You don't give anybody else an opportunity, really. Oh, ooh, yeah, they got to appear on TV. Woo. 24-7 championship. Woo. They don't, like, get opportunities on TV because they have the they, – they get into this mindset of, oh, we got to book the same people every single week, and we have to have the same matches every single week on Raw. And you know why? That's that's the reason why their ratings are in the dump, part in part, and due in part to COVID. Yes, that's part of it. But at the same time, you're not giving any fan, you're not giving fans reason to watch. It's mad. We watch these matches to see who's gonna oh who's gonna win. Like, but if we're seeing the same people wrestle all the time, we know who's gonna win. I mean, yeah, they may go back and forth, but the intrigue is gone. Like I have no in I like I have I have to be fully blunt and honest with everyone listening, I have hardly watched Raw and SmackDown in the last probably four months, four or five months, because I just can't put up with it, really. I can't I can't sit through a three-hour Monday Night Raw. I can barely make it an hour and a half without turning it off. I'm bored. And, that, and that's, that's sad, because I used to be able to just watch the whole entire show without any problem, but... Gosh, it is just ugh, hard to watch anymore. And they still popped a pretty good rating because it was the Raw after WrestleMania this week, by the way. Yep. 2.026 million this week on Raw. But uh, yeah, just a lot of these releases, man, it's just, yeah, I don't get it. Like some of these people, I don't even, they should be prominently featured on television. One that pops out, Peyton Royce. 
she'd been improving in ring and then she gets kind of like after they break up the icons, they just disappear from TV. Billy Kay had been hella entertaining because she'd been past doing working with a crap angle of crap gimmick of the giving a resume to people and she was making it entertaining. And then all of a sudden she was on WrestleMania. She wrestled on WrestleMania, Billy Kay did, and now she's gone on Thursday. And I and, and, and WWE, oh, it's a revenue, it's a budget cut. We're cutting budget. How come are you making the, you're making the most revenue you've ever made? You're making record revenues every year and record revenues this uh, past year. Tell me that. Oh, wait a minute. You're cutting a bunch of talent and that's why your revenue is going up. I say they're the budget cuts. I think that's the most PC political way to be able to say and, it. And actually it's not revenue. Like, okay. So revenue, that's how much money they're bringing in. And not how much money they're shelling out. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so how does that make sense? Because you would think they're not spending near as much money because they don't have to do live events. Nope. So I, so that's I don't understand the budget cut argument here. And also, look, look, let's look at some of their investments, some of their uh, deals they've done recently. At least one, the Peacock deal. That's a billion dollar deal. Huh. Yeah, I think they could have probably sent a few paychecks with a billion dollars. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe we don't uh, have all these celebrities appear on their show. I I, I get the mm-hmm. celebrity influence. Bad Bunny, hell of a performance at WrestleMania. I got to give oh, him great. Right. B- Bad Bunny freaking killed it at WrestleMania. But the, the the addition of Logan Paul into the CM the not CM Punk, but the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn match. I love Sami Zayn to death. I don't need to see Logan Paul on my TV ever. No, I mean, and I, I, don't, and I don't know who who are his followers. I don't like. I don't. I don't even know. Like what? Twelve year olds? I was gonna say yeah, probably twelve to thirteen year olds who on YouTube. I mean, I guess it's. I mean, it was an obvious attempt to grab that demographic, but no, no one there. One. The people there probably didn't know who he was. Wrestling fans then, don't have a clue who he is. Oh, absolutely not. And and the absolutely. people, the people who don't like pay attention to like who are like casual fans, they still don't know who freaking Logan Paul is, probably. Even though he has 20 some million followers on YouTube, which uh, whoop-de-doo. Yay. <laughs> cool. Congrats. But see, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I didn't look, but what he charged, but I've heard of he charges a pretty penny to make appearances, and stuff like that, because he has a huge following. So he does have a reason to charge some insane dollar amounts just to make an appearance. Yeah, I just don't get it. Like, uh, they, they make all these budget cuts, but then they keep bringing these other freaking people in. How does that even work? I know, I guess they'd rather spend the money on the people that they think are bringing in long-term revenue. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew what they were thinking. Yeah, and let's let's talk about this. Let's go into landing spots for some of these guys. So let's go, let's kick it off. Samoa Joe right now. Where do you think he could possibly land? Because I'm going to give you my take after you take give me yours. I mean, the most obvious one right now is maybe he could go to AEW. Or maybe go back to Ring of Honor. But I think Joe definitely still has a lot more left in the tank. 
uh, wrestling wise. Even though he's in, even though he's had injury issues. I think if he can get better, for sure. I mean, of course he'll get better. Well, but I think he. I'll also say he probably wants to wrestle more because he probably knows he has still more in the tank. So he'd probably either have to go uh, jump ship to AEW or go back to Ring of Honor. I don't know. Maybe Impact, but I I just don't know. I, I The most obvious one sticks out to me is AEW because you know what? They're wrestling-centric. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he like if, even if he's not in a wrestling role, he could be a freaking mouthpiece for somebody. Yeah. And I don't know. It, he and the mo- I I gotta say AEW, and I just I don't know. Like I, I AEW sticks out to me most because I think that's where he would be best featured nationally, and he could really I think not not that he's gonna move the me- needle a tons for someone, but I think he's gonna move it a little bit because he's such a recognizable name. He's built up a freaking br- a name over the past what sixteen years, especially. During dating back to his run in what Ring of Honor and TNA all the way up until now, he's really established a name for himself and a fan following. But I think, yeah, AEW is the one I think would work for him, work best for him. But I I wouldn't rule out Ring of Honor either because I wouldn't rule out Ring of Honor, I wouldn't rule out Impact as well. But we'll see what he does. Um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. So that's going to be an interesting one. Those two, I don't know. Those could be, they could be separate because you know where Peyton's husband is, right? Sean Spears. You don't oh, know. Really? You, you didn't know he was, she was married to Sean Spears, but no, yeah. Peyton Royce is married to Sean Spears, who was currently in the pinnacle faction on AEW. So that's the obvious. Obvious. It's Peyton Royce to AEW. Billy Kay. Where does she fit best? Because honestly, Impact Impact Wrestling does some wacky things, some weird stuff. They're more into going into the weirdness of professional wrestling. I mm-hmm. think Billy Kay would be a fantastic fit there. I could see that because and- they they they're there's they're gonna they'll go the creative side. They're very creative. They'll go into weirdness pretty much. But in Billy Kay is just a great comedy character right and i do agree they do just fine separately but i mean if they wanted to go somewhere together i don't see why they wouldn't why they wouldn't i think they were great together but but apparently the forbidden door is apparently opened they they keep saying this forbidden door who knows they could work in impact and aew who they they, you've had you've seen people do cross over with uh gallows and anderson so far uh, that is true, yeah. Um, uh, Mickey James, I don't know. Honestly, I don't see her going back to promotion. I mean, she's done done it all. Veteran story. And, and you know what? You know what? If anywhere, honestly, I think NWA. That's where her husband is. Mm. And uh, and you look at that roster there because Thunder Rosa works for AEW and NWA. She's there. Uh, they have Camille there. They have uh, Molina's there as well, and uh, NWA. Uh, but I think she would fit more in the old school. If she's if if she were to come back to wrestling, she would go into the old school. And she was actually let's get on a sidebar real quick. 
Speaking of another release person, her and Chelsea Green were trying to revive that storyline, that famous storyline between Trish and her back in the day. They were trying to revive that through Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, Mickey, I think that would she would fit there, I think, best. Chelsea Green, I don't know. Chelsea Green is an interesting case because she worked at Impact for a while before going to uh, AEW. So that could be, I honestly think she could be back in Impact. I mean, it makes the most sense because like you said, she was there for, she was there for a decent amount. And she has the experience with the company, the experience she got from WWE. I mean, of course, they. I'd also, I should probably also say, like, I'm pretty sure all the other promotions that we have are watching this, watching the news with all these releases. And I'm pretty sure they'd welcome anyone who got released with open arms. Pretty much. And like, pretty much. And like Chelsea Green, she, uh, well, also, speaking of her significant other, her significant significant other works in Impact Wrestling. Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, her fiance. Mm-hmm. So that's a fit as well. I think that's the landing spot for her. Um, Bo Dallas, I don't know if he lands anywhere. I, I I think he's on his way out of professional wrestling, from what I heard. Him and Liv Morgan are together apparently. And they're kind of looking to start like a real estate business outside of wrestling. That's I read that somewhere. It was a while ago I read that. But it seems like he could be making his way out of pro wrestling, even though he's just 30 years old. I mean, we don't know. Maybe one of the reasons he hasn't been on WWE TV is maybe he didn't want to. So you could be right. Like maybe he just has had, uh, had enough of this lifestyle and wants to do something else. I, I wouldn't be surprised if his brother's almost over that. <laughs> because his brother got pretty much buried at WrestleMania. I'm going to say that flat out. I'm not going to, I'm if it's even, if it's a hot take, it's a hot take, but he got freaking buried by Orton. Yeah. Cause I that mean, was some weird. Did you, you, did you see that? What happened? Yeah, let's say I wasn't able to watch it. So I tried keeping up with it on YouTube with the videos that WWE put out. I don't know. It was interesting. Like I would have. I'm a huge fan of the Fiend, so it was kind of interesting to see they decided to take that route. Yeah, well, and he, like they, what I don't get is they can't consistently book that character. They seem to bury that character when it's getting hot again every single time. They freaking have him lose to Oldberg. They have him lose to Orton here, which made no sense because Orton burned him alive. Orton burned down his house. Remember that? He burned down whatever yeah. the house. Orton burned down the not, – not burning down the house, not like that. But he burnt down that. He burnt freaking the Fiend alive. They have the Fiend come back and not get his comeuppance on him. And they have Alexa Bliss freaking dribbling black goo. And causing him to get beat by one RKO. One RKO. And and Rollins back at Hell in a Cell, whatever year it was, hit him with 14 stomps and he couldn't beat him. So tell me how that makes any sense. Easy answer. It doesn't. <laughs> exactly. 
All right, back to the topic at hand. So Wesley Blake, he teamed with uh, Steve Cutler, and he was a part of the tag team in the Forgotten Sons. Cutler's already been released. He was released. He's already released, uh, showing promo promotion videos for himself. He's coming. I think his name is like Steve Macklin now. So they could be working together as a tag team. I don't know where they land. They could land Ring of Honor. I could see it. The hard part about this is, like I said before, any any promotion would be well would welcome these superstars, wrestlers with open arms, and with the talent that all of these people have, they could really fit in almost any of them. Yeah, I just think that way. I I'm just saying, like in a way that uh, they'd be treated like where okay, they get okay, the yeah. where they get the best opportunity at. That's where I'm kind of coming from, and that thought and. I put that kind of relationship thing into that too in, in play, but also I went, so I was like talking about how, how well they would fit in a company, but in the, where they would be up in the card and all just those aspects. But uh, Tucker, that's the next one. I don't know. That's one, that one's interesting to me. Honestly, cause we didn't see too much of what he'd be able to do as a singles competitor. Because once they broke up, not a lot, not a lot ha- happened there. Yeah, you didn't really get to see him at all. So it's we very hard to determine where he could go next. He's got a lot of talent. I, I I like Tucker. I like Tucker a lot, but I just don't know where he lands in this uh, thing. Maybe Ring of Honor. Who knows? Maybe the NWA. That could. I think that could work. If NWA gets to signing anybody, I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon because they just started returning to TV, uh, their TV show here a while ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Next, uh, Kalisto. Kalisto. I- I'm going to say Ring of Honor for him. I'm going to say Ring of Honor in this in this aspect. Ring of Honor, or I don't know, I don't know about AEW, but Ring of Honor f- for sure because they've got luchadors all over the place in Ring of Honor. They got Bandito, Flamita. Uh, Ray Horace, add him to the fold as well. You could have a freaking four-way luchador match and be hella good. That would be, but also to look on the other side, too many, uh, too much, too many. Yeah, but who knows? He, he's got. You could just tell by his resume he was fantastic. They, they got behind him a few times in WWE, but uh. And then Mojo Raleigh, which is an interesting case because you remember him after he won the Battle Royal, but then eventually he kind of switched his character a little bit and he had him staring into this like mirror at one point. And which he, it looked like it's an interesting character development thing, but they never really used him on TV. So it was like, because like you, you could see something was there, but you never really got to see it come into fruition for him. And I don't really know what, where 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 Mojo Raleigh fits in this all? Maybe Impact. I I I'll go with Impact, fit wise. I could see Impact because he's got he is got energy off the charts. Intensity, a hundred percent. That's energy, basically energy that's intensity, basically and he's got like a, he's got like all the he and he and I feel like he could delve into the wacky too. Oh, he definitely can. He definitely can. So, because his character is from most of it, uh, 
most of his time with WD was just intensity. Staying freaking hype. That's what he that's yeah. what he was staying hype. And uh yeah, that's just it's gonna be interesting. This next so 90 days will be interesting. The next 90 day after 90 days, we'll see what happens. That'll be in what July, middle July. And apparently from what I uh uh, the guy, uh, Kenny Mahid from a Kenny from your thoughts podcast, Kenny for your thoughts podcast. He mentioned that the 90 days expires on a Wednesday. You know what that means? That's the <laughs> night of day W dynamite. Wow. So that's pretty interesting in that aspect. And so, uh, yeah, it's, we're going to be in, we're in for an interesting 90 days. And I just want to talk a little bit about ratings here for a moment, because I, the ratings came out for AEW dynamite today and there was a huge shift, a big shift because AEW drew their second highest rating ever last night. 1.219 million viewers second to their debut episode. Back in 2019, their best rating ever. Yeah. That was their best. De- the best rating ever was their debut, and this was second place. They had Mike on this show. They had the Young Bucks defending the the newly heel Young Bucks, and their Nike, their Air Jordan Dior's. <laughs> I saw that. Yes, defending their AEW Tag Team Championships against. Ray Phoenix and uh, Pack, hell of a match, by the way. Uh, they also had on this show. They also had uh, Anthony Agogo debuting the bronze, former bronze medalist boxer. He debuted. They had Mike Tyson on this episode. Uh, he was the special guest enforcer in the Chris Jericho Dax Harwood match, and uh, they also had Darby Allen defending a TNT championship in a uh, false count anywhere match against Matt Hardy. And this episode drew a 1.219 million viewers on average last night. And just to give you a con, give you context on where raw has been at one point raw in December on December 14th, 2020 drew just 1.53 million viewers on average in that three-hour show. You look at that gap, and that's and if WWE drops down even anywhere close to that, that's going to be a problem. Who was it? I think it was, um, I think it was Chris Jericho who said... AEW isn't going to catch up to WWE, but ultimately that. And they said they aren't really, competing. He said it on their pod. He said it on his podcast that they weren't competing. I, I mean, I think what uh, AEW. I mean, Jesus. I think what Chris Jericho was trying to say by that was AEW isn't trying to compete, but with the product that they're going to be able to that they've been putting out and the product they'll be able to put out, it's going to be competition for WWE. They're going to just keep pulling viewership, pulling wrestlers from WWE. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it's just interesting because 
you look at that and it's you look at the the difference in between that it's not a lot 300,000 no, 300 that's that's 300,000 viewers approximately that's not very much no in the grand scheme of things that's so so close and AEW at this point last year drew about half drew a little over half of what that 1.219 was last year they right. drew and that was when they were competing head to head with NXT this was the first week that they weren't competing head to head with NXT cuz NXT moved to Tuesdays Right, and they, and they drew eight hundred five thousand viewers. By the way, so I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just going to say this flat out right now. If WWE keeps up the way they're booking their show, they're going to drop a little bit by little bit. And if AEW continues to deliver good professional wrestling product, a good professional wrestling product, and a good professional wrestling alternative, those numbers are going to get closer together. So at some point, and it's going to come to a point where it's like, okay, we got to fix something in WWE. Because yes, this is your flagship show. This is your freaking baby, Monday Night Raw. And you're not doing too hot. <laughs> they got they got two bill, they got 2.026 million this week. Yeah, okay. That was a that they popped a rating because it was a raw after WrestleMania, and people were actually expecting something good to happen, cool to happen, and they didn't get anything. But nope. But those numbers are going to get closer eventually if WWE keeps up the way they're going. And AEW is consistently, I can I can watch a two hour episode of Dynamite fairly easily because I'm entertained the whole entire time. Raw, I can't even make it through an hour and a half. So the problem with WWE, they've been on the top for so long, they've gotten complacent. And now it's got this up-and-coming promotion. And people are starting to notice. Yes, you can like both. I, I like both. I try to keep up with what both promotions are doing. But I like, I like NXT as well. <laughs> yeah, yes, 100%. But even though you can like both, doesn't mean the fans will. Like if they start seeing one product is better, they're going to just go to that product. It's and WWE doesn't just see that. It's just that easy. And when your that guys, is. when you guys, when your favorites are consistently getting not booked, or just the way, even they're even if they're booked like crap, they're not going to tune back in. And one name I'm surprised wasn't on this release list to go back to, for that for a moment. Back to that for a moment was Ricochet. Man, where has he been? <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> He's been on TV sparingly, but what are they doing with him? Alistair Black, he's another one, but apparently they're bringing him back for some kind of push. We'll see about that push. It lasts about five minutes. I say he was wasn't he already in the middle of a push when he disappeared? It's cut. Well, it's due in part to Zelina Vega. Uh, what she did with Twitch and she was not putting up with WB, which I'm on her side, by the way, for that. <laughs> and wrestlers having Twitch and having some other kind of form of money. Income. Yeah. Hey, you got to respect the grind. <laughs> yeah. Respect the grind. But yeah, I, I doubt this Alistair Black push lasts longer than a couple of months if it does it at all. Because they they tell they're gonna they say they're gonna push somebody and they they push them for about 
whatever, and they just go back to the status quo of whoever right. they they think is the guy at that point. And uh, but yeah, we're certainly in for an interesting next couple of months because you look at AEW way they drew this week. If they can draw something similar to that, and they can maybe continue to grow their audience and figure out how to grow their audience, who knows what can happen within. I think by the next year. Definitely interesting times ahead. Yeah, 22, 2022. Could be a could be a, a banner year for AEW. And Raw, it could be, oh, uh, we need to get our bleep together year. Because <laughs> we're not really doing too hot on this show. But, yep, that's it for us this week on uh, this week's episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. So next week's topic is the topic we were supposed to get into this week, but all this release news changed uh, changed the plans. Well, but we're going to be talking about CM Punk's 434-day WWE Championship reign, his impact. Did it really move the needle for WWE and kind of how it influenced things into now possibly? But uh, it should be an interesting topic to talk about, Jeremy, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's CM Punk. And he just, like, I posted a, tw- a tweet about him today, actually. And it was him about talking about guys getting released. And it was still true today. And, it, you know, the guy who you saw, John Laurinaitis, in that video. If you haven't found, checked out my, checked out on Twitter, checked it out on my Twitter, at Sig Daddy, at Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, at Sig Daddy Wrestle. Man, I couldn't even get my own Twitter handle right. But at Sig Daddy Wrestle, you can find a tweet with this video in it. And it's CM Punk with talking to John Laurinaitis and uh, Triple H. He's talking about guys getting released and how gutless it is the way they do it. And and it was still true today. And John Laurinaitis, Laurinaitis was the one firing people then, and he's firing the people now. Right. But we'll talk about CM Punk's WWE Championship reign, 434-day reign. We'll talk about the before, that the during it, and some of the aftermath of that next Friday on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. If you haven't already, make sure to follow the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, the iHeartRadio app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also on follow us on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, at Sig Daddy Wrestle, and on Instagram, at SigDaddy.Wrestle. Uh, Jeremy, thank you again for coming on. Had a blast doing this. Hey, man. Thanks for having me again. Always, always a pleasure. Till next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off along with Jeremy saying thanks for listening and so long, everybody.